Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Dr. Alba Raffaella, psychologist and author of Breaking the Mirror, a story and guide on how to recognize and deal with narcissists, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Raffa. Join with me today is my co-host, Anthony Vanna. How are you? Good. It's a beautiful day. Unseasonably so on yeah. the East Coast. Today is November 5th, and for November, it's going to get up in the upper 70s. I know it's early November, but still, it's going to be a nice one today. Mm-hmm. Plan is to get out, get some vitamin D, right? Yeah, exactly. So today's episode, haven't come up with a title yet, but the show is on episode 43, Siblings of Special Needs Children. And this show is to discuss the concerns of brothers and sisters of, and again, we're talking about special needs of any kind and what the siblings, you know, sometimes the un- unsung heroes very often go through, how what they're feeling and, and what parents need to just understand and remember. I'm sure they know it. It's just, they just need to maybe be more aware of it or reminded of it at times. Right. So we're not referring just to special needs, mental, you know, mental disorders or illness. It could be physical as well. Mm-hmm. It could or be. if a child had an injury or were born, you know, with muscular dystrophy or Down syndrome, something like that. So we just wanted to focus on maybe what parents can do differently, recognize, remind them of, or what the siblings may uh, face as far as challenges are concerned. So um, did you want to start off with your quote? Yes. Okay. You can start off with my quote. So I was going with just the theme of family. So this quote is by Anthony Liccione. Everyone needs a house to live in, but a supportive family is what builds a home. So the reason I chose this, there was like other directions to go in as well. There were some comedic ones with, you know, jokes and stuff like that. But I went with this because it's that whole idea of you can have a house, but it's not the same as a home. And obviously when people come into therapy, they come in to help with building relationships, communication, family dynamics, and becoming more supportive of one another. So I thought that one made the most sense for this topic. Yeah, I like it. So mine is from the book Wonder. And I read this with my daughter. Uh, She had to read it one year. It was, that's a, it's a, it's a short read. It's about 300 pages. I'm sure you've heard of the book. And if you haven't, it's uh they made a movie out of it. I'm pretty sure. Um, RJ Palacio. And it's so, I don't know, the, the chapters aren't numbered, but the chapter is a tour of the galaxy. And it's a quick little snapshot of the older sister. Uh, so August is the main character. He is, he's gone through many, many operations on his face, on just, uh, I think other parts of his body as well. Like as soon as he was born, he probably, I, I believe he wasn't even given a chance to live or a very, very short chance. And he's beaten the odds kind constantly, but he's gone through a lot. So has the family. And then of course, what, you know, gets lost in the sauce too often is this, the older sister, Olivia. And, you know, she's a, she's a trooper. She's a, you know, team player, but this is just, uh, you know, in her mind's eye, this is what she thinks and sees. And after the long introduction, um, August is the sun, me and mom and dad are planets orbiting the sun. The rest of our family and friends are asteroids and comets floating around the planets orbiting the sun. The only celestial body that doesn't orbit August, the sun, is Daisy the dog. And that's only because to her little doggy eyes, August's face doesn't look very 
different from all the other human faces. To Daisy, all of our faces look alike, as flat and pale as the moon. And I like this. And the, the chapter, very, very short chapter, but it go, uh, what it, she goes into how she really hates her just her situation as, as, and again, as a brothers and sisters fight, brothers and sisters are going to be jealous of each other at times, you know, and, but she, and she has those feelings, but then she catches herself in this book and she's just like, I, I, and I know that's a terrible thing to say because, you know, of what my little brother's going through, but I hate that he takes all of mom and dad's time. And I think that's the main theme here. And when we get to, you know, my questions is uh, just how they feel through all this and nobody even considers or asks about their feelings. And they don't, they kind of like maybe bury those feelings too, because they feel maybe guilty about them. Mm -hmm. And so the, I guess the first question is the challenges in, of, of uh, for siblings uh, of a special needs child. Well, um, I think it's like grief. They go through stages. Uh, maybe in the beginning, there's some denial and bargaining, um, some case studies that I'm aware of where young children, especially if they're, you know, four years old, five years old around there, they have fairy tale fantasy thinking that their family will be normal one day. They might, you can, we can see this sometimes obviously in language and play, but also drawings that they may draw pictures of families where their sibling appears, you know, quote unquote, normal. So maybe initially they have that kind of wonder and wish that maybe one day it will change or get better. So normally, you know, it's like, uh, like I said, the stages of grief with denial. Then there's probably some anger where they start to notice the parent's effort going into that special needs child, depending on what's going on. That child may get a lot of therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, ABA mm -hmm. therapy, going to therapy. It revolves all around that sibling. And they may feel like, you know, they're you know left out or not noticed. So they could get frustrated that this is their life. They can't just go to the grocery store. They can't just go to vacation. They can't just, you know, go to school. There might be some embarrassment that this is their family, you know, not wanting when they're older teenagers, you know, not wanting to have kids over because their their sibling maybe has severe OCD mm -hmm. or maybe, you know, have to hide the knives if there's suicidal stuff going on. So that can definitely happen. And like you mentioned before, guilt over, you know, having these thoughts and feelings that I, I shouldn't, lots of shoulds, you know, I shouldn't stress out my parents. I have to be a perfect child. There could be some perfectionism depending on that child's thinking, sometimes birth order, gender, don't want to stress their parents out more. They can become overly cautious and, you know, responsible. They could also be angry that they're responsible if they have a younger sibling that they have to babysit or take care of. And they, their plans get shifted because it's about that sibling. And then I guess they could move towards some level, hopefully with acceptance and see their sibling for his or her uh, positive attributes and strengths. So I would say that, and maybe parents aren't available to come to sporting events or an art show or music events because the, the sibling takes precedence. Like I said, there's an obligation at times to be the caretaker in the family. Again, if they're the, the oldest child, maybe already thinking that with a younger sibling. So those are the ones that come to mind. I don't know if any come to your mind or you've heard about challenges. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I think the, the biggest one is just the time thing. I mean, even, okay, say if you don't have a special needs child, you know, there's always going to be that one child that sees things, you know, you're always, you know, you, he's the favorite or she's the favorite because maybe they're a star athlete or maybe, you know, they do play an instrument and you go to the, everything that, you know, so, so there's that 
anyway but then i would imagine you know you put on to uh you know you, you add on the uh, extra time and, and effort and patience and everything parents have to go through with a special needs child and it's like you know that other quote unquote normal child you know mm. like to put the, the mm -hmm. bunny ears uh <laughs> as gloria says bunny ears yeah because you know that's just it like you know we, we don't have to worry about that one well you, and worry is a strong word but that's still your child yes out of the, you know, you know, obviously you're, you're more concerned for obvious reasons for the special needs child. And, but that, you know, again, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's like the trade-off sometimes with the responsible kids. Sometimes the firstborn child feels that way that they are neglected or left behind. Oh, she or he just is expected to do a good job. Right. Right. And it probably triples right. when there's a, another child that has special needs in the family. Yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. they I would imagine that, that they go through that. Jealousy, like you said, and then feeling guilty about the jealous thoughts or the... Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if, if I'm, yeah, if I'm jealous of my older brother, my sister, you know, neither of them are special needs. So it's not like they're, they're asking for this extra attention. You know I mean? Like that's just it. Like they're not, you know, they're, they're, it, it's for, it's for a very, very good reason why mom and dad are, are spending all this extra time with, and, and then I think they have that moment. And I actually, you know, the guilt, it, it's kind of good in a way for a little, a little bit of it to feel guilty because, and then because they, they recognize, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Let me reality check. And, and that way they can say to themselves, okay, well, okay, that is, I, I, they still should feel that way because I mean, a sibling is a sibling, a sibling. Like you can hate, you can hate a special needs child, just like you, you could hate a sibling that gets on your nerves because they're your sibling. Like, I mean, like, they, you know, it's like, well, you want your special needs children to be treated equally like any, any other kid. Okay. Well then treat, I'm going to treat them equally. Like uh, that's my sister, my brother. And yeah, I hate their guts right now. You know what I mean? And that's okay. I think that, 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 I think, I think that should be okay because, you know, as long as it's not, you know, overbearing, but I mean, like it's just, it's an, it's a natural emotion that, that brothers and sisters have with each other, as long as it's not toxic, obviously. Right. It's within reason. Like there's a continuum of like normal development, like, oh, it is normal to be jealous or to feel guilty if you smack your sibling in the face. Like, okay, that, that's a good feeling to have and not being righteous or justified about it. So, right. Within right. Reason. Or beat yourself up for it. Like I'm the worst person on the planet. Cause I, right. you know, it's like, you know. Yeah. And also it can, so one of the things it can do is teach kids to be sensitive to other kids, mm -hmm. you know, as far as kids in school or in social situations where they have special needs. So it may teach them to be more you know, kind to right. those individuals, right? So what are some advice that you have? What, what, what's some advice that you have for the, yeah, for the siblings um, that are going through these, these, I guess. Uh, oh, advice for siblings? Yeah. Okay. Well, did you want it? Let me nope, see. It's Sorry. fine. I just have to change my order here. Okay. Oh, wait. I... Um, yeah, we'll do that. So for siblings, not holding on to the anger and the frustration, having someone to talk to, you know, therapist or friends or family teachers, knowing that those thoughts that pop into your mind, you know, automatic thoughts are, are, are normal. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. Not keeping it inside so you don't explode maybe is a good way to process through what you're going through because they might think they have these evil thoughts and it's actually normal. It's really good for them to make special quality time with their, their sibling to maybe start to experience them differently to see how, you know, amazing or remarkable that person may be. This case that I'm looking at, this one sister was taking her sister to Starbucks just to, to get a break and just get out of the house. Obviously, this, this is a 17-year-old teenager. Find some shared activities maybe that you can do with that person. 
really important for taking time for yourself. And siblings may feel guilty about wanting to take a break from their sibling with special needs, but it is still really important to have self-care and to take time and to have a life outside of that that sibling with friends and doing, you know, typical developmental things, kind of focusing on how the experiences have helped them. It probably you know, molds them, them. Yeah. Molds them into um, being resilient. Being resilient. Absolutely. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Okay. So becoming more independent, like living with a sibling with OCD or depression or in and out of the hospital, ADHD, physical disabilities, parents really rely on that sibling or uh, person who is not the non-special needs child to be independent. They can take care of their homework, figuring it out on their own, which can teach resiliency and confidence. But when you have no, when you have no choice and you're asked to do things that might be a little bit Mm-hmm. too much than you're used to but you you basically have to figure it out things out, helping parents out at home maybe running errands if they're driving so i think it, it can make that child be more resilient and then just not comparing people to yourself like everyone might be going through something getting mad at that person they might they might have a challenging situation at home so maybe some sensitivity that you never know why that person's different and be more tolerant so those are just some tidbits. <laughs> there might be some other ones as well. Now, I guess I would say, I don't know if it's more important or is equally as important, but so the advice that you would have for the, for the parents mm-hmm. of the sibling of a special needs child. Mm-hmm. Right. I right, know it's like a mouthful. Right now. Ha- parents asking for help. They may need help from family members. They may need help from support systems built in to you know help with the the caretaking and also to give them some space and some respite it's important with families for parents to include their children in decision making so this is what we're thinking you know a program or for vacation so trying not to shield them and protect them from what's happening even if you're well intentioned it can cause more harm than good because that child may not feel like they're part of the the family unit parents are just making decisions without me i feel like i'm you know, out of control. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you are, and maybe there's certain things you can control that are small that maybe makes that child feel like they're included as part of this family and not an outsider. Yeah, I would say trying to maybe make time for that child one on one. Like if you can maybe. That's what I was going to say next. Yeah, special I'm sorry. time. That's <laughs> all right. No problem. Really important for parents to take one-on-one time with that child. And this is important even when you have a new baby, you know, and that that child is used to having you all to yourself, even if they're two, three years old. And you could split up if you're a two-parent family, dad spends time, mom spends time, you know, mom and mom, whatever, Mm -hmm. dad and dad spends time with uh, that child. And maybe I'm a fan of routine and tradition. So I, when I have kids come in, they often complain about feeling, you know, distant from their family. And a lot of times when I ask them what their goals are, wave a magic wand, they say, I want to spend more time with mom or dad. And I'll say, okay, what was it that you would like to do? I want to have breakfast every Sunday. I want to go to Starbucks every Saturday. I want to play baseball with dad or whatever, play board games or watch TV or get my nails done something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to at least have some kind of schedule for that because oftentimes they start out, the parents start out strong and then they end up disappointing their kid because they just forget. So I remember in, I forget if, I know it's Kate, if it was Bill or Bob in <laughs> Kate plus eight, if you remember that show, if anybody remembers that show, there was a couple that had twins and then they decided, and they they lived in Pennsylvania somewhere, and they sense. decided to 
have have another child or or right because then they have they had pro they had issues um i think it was in vitro they in had vitro. fertility and then they i don't know well so normally with in vitro they implant a lot of embryos embryos yes embryos in the woman so there's they give you like six to eight yeah well they, they got and so, they the, so with, the, they got with, six with the thinking that not all of them would take there is a chance people have twins again right well yeah multiples. that's so that's how the, i think that's they how they had the twins in the first place i want to say they had to because i can't imagine right. a woman would have six eggs right so yeah so um like naturally so they have eight kids you know right. holy crap but and then so but i remember that they would try to have a one-on-one day with each one. I don't know if it was the every of, eight days of, of every yeah <laughs> of all eight of them. And but it wasn't it like a, an entire day because that's just not possible. I, I yeah. think it's maybe a two to three hour pocket of a day, right. which is enough. Sometimes kids are good with twenty minutes even. And just, and that but I think that was a car ride. Great idea if you can do it. And if you could, I mean, at least try. I thought that was really commendable. Well, kids see the effort. And one of the things that is helpful with therapy, especially with CBT and me, CBT and me, is I hold the parents accountable too. This is their homework, their family homework this week. Yeah. And the kids feel a little comfort knowing they have to come back and talk with, you know, us as a group that mom and dad did homework too. And then hopefully, as with most things, it starts a habit and starts a routine and this is what they do. And, you know, if it sticks good, I think it's more disappointing if the kids ask for it and the parents start out strong and then just pitter pitter patter out with that. So, well, I mean, and, you know. and with the parents too, I mean, okay, uh, so we always talk about self-care and me time. You have eight kids. Uh, <laughs> getting that and... First of all, you feel, you know, most parents will feel guilty doing that. Do they most, help? Huh? Do they have nannies and stuff? I mean, that's, I think that's why they did the TV show because it's like, okay, here's some relief. Here's some help. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. It might've been more of a, more nerve wracking than what it was worth. I think that's why they finally stopped doing it. Yeah. But you know, when, when the paychecks probably get higher and higher and you're just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a good, I wonder what, what, what they're up to now. (laughs) Not the kids. I'm just the parents and the family dynamic. Huh? Oh yeah, I know they got divorced, but I'm just saying like, Mm -hmm. well, I am curious too. I mean, so how old would those kids be? I don't recall if this was the nineties or two thousands. We have to. Oh, this is the two thousands. Yeah, definitely was at least the two thousands. I'm sure they're like maybe in college or something right now. I mean, I imagine at least. Yeah. Extenuating circumstances with that many people. Cause it's an instant family, instant, huge clan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's an instant Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's different if you have multiples, like, okay, like it's different when there's a staggered, they have people have three kids, but then when there's triplets or, you know, twins, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's two at one time. And then that child that's born has to get used to right. having right. the- So again, like we're talking about special needs siblings and like, even though it's like, it's something to consider, I mean, this is like a total different- you know, we're going off on a tangent Well, actually, here. no. Uh, well, I was kind of thinking segue to only be that when I get family history about and personal history of a child when they come in, oftentimes, the, you know, there's a reason for mom or dad being overly cautious or clingy or anxious because they had a sick infant. Mm. So that infant, so even though it might not be lengthy or long ongoing, the parents are still very paranoid that this kid is going to be sick again, even mm-hmm. if it's remedied. But they'll often say like, yeah, like this was a sick kid that I had. And siblings have to see that. Like mom and dad just still worried about this child that used to be sick or possibly could get sick again or, right, you know, still feel like it's, even though it's technically not special. I mean, I don't know. I guess it could be sort of special needs. Right. If it's, there's a medical, significant med- medical history. Yeah. And with, with back, so back with the, the advice for the special needs parents, do you, 
I, I mean, I would think that some special needs parents, it's not this, this concern. I, I don't want to say concern. Uh, this awareness of the sibling of the special needs child might not be paramount in what in what they need to consider to give attention to. Well, they could get really lost in their own world with the special needs kid and caretaking that kid. So being remembering that they have another child too is important. Sometimes all of the conversations are about that special needs child and that sibling may get, you know, annoyed thinking about it and oh, well, there's mom and dad again talking about my sibling. Right. And this and the parent you know, like you say, if you have somebody uh, who has a, has, has a special needs child and has a has a sibling, and you know, they might consider, well, there's nothing wrong with my my other child. Like my other child, you know, it doesn't have this disability or this this ailment or whatever. My son or daughter does. Their their brother and sister does, but this one's fine. And it's mm-hmm. like some parents might really be blind to that. That could be, you know, I mean, like, it's like they don't. Well, I think first of all, they don't want us to think, well. This is the good one. This there's nothing wrong with this one, and they might think that way because it's kind of like I've got enough on my plate with this issue or concern. Yeah, yeah and I don't want to be bothered. And I don't want to even think of that dynamic because God, then I'd be really stressed, right? Yeah, there's that, but also like the expectations they may put on the non-special needs child of like being more responsible or just no, no I don't have to worry about her or him. They're doing fine in school, and well, they never complain. They probably never complain. Right. And so since they never complain because they know better or they see what their they parents go through and it's just like, I don't want to do that to them. because Or they keep their feelings inside. Sure. Maybe they're depressed. Like, I don't want to overburden mom and dad more. Right. That's why I said. It's the last thing they need is me. about how you feel. Yeah. The last thing they need is me telling them about my bad day at school. That right. pales in comparison. Right. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And and that's how they keep thinking. They like, I mean, they, they their problem is their problem. Mm-hmm. But, you know. It's still a problem. It's still something that they're working through. Right. And people will do that. They'll deny their own feelings and own needs and just, I can take care of it and my feelings don't matter. And then that leads to negative core beliefs and potential depression. And I think that's good for everybody. Like, you know, uh, to an extent where, you know, it's like uh, my grandmother always said, no matter how bad you think you have it, somebody's got it 10 times worse. Okay. Yes. Fine. Good. However... Whatever you have going on is still something that you have going on that you need to work through. Yeah. And often in our feeling, we're we're meant to hear that our feelings are valid and it's very empowering and important uh, part of relationships and part of life, even if someone doesn't agree with you. Yes, that makes sense. Your feelings do make sense. So kids can feel that way anyway with siblings um, or just uh, mom and dad are stressed out about work. I don't want to talk to them about my problems because they have enough going on to take care of grandma. They have enough going on Mm -hmm. to take care of, um, you know, work mergers and whatever. (laughs) Right. Or parents are divorced and I don't want to bother my parents because we're really stressed. So yeah, it's really important for kids, especially to be able to verbalize their feelings and it's getting obviously more popular and more less stigmatized for kids to come into therapy and talk about feelings and not see it as a, as a family problem. Well, you keep know, it in the family, you know, for so many years, it's just been like, oh, you, you have to go see somebody like it's that, you know you know that bad for you and it's like you know what else i mean yeah everybody this thing and we talked about this so many times with just uh the the whole psychology term or name or how it's perceived by people it's like you know well you must be really broken if you're going to go see a psychologist right really broken or, or damaged or there's something wrong with you the other thing i wanted to mention that you might see as a parent 
you know, if you have special needs child and your other child, they may start acting out and regressing for attention seeking behavior because brother or sister gets a lot of attention for being special needs. So I'm also going to be depressed. I'm also going to be anxious. I'm also going to. But this is my way of being different. This is my way of yeah, standing out. Because they may see it as attention seeking, you know, and I've seen that as well. Like mom and dad pay attention when you're sick. Mom and dad pay attention when you have special needs. So I'm going to be sick and I'm going to need something too. So that's another potential presentation within a family, aside from the quiet kid who's depressed and not speaking up. So, you know, looking out for that too. Or regressive behaviors with younger kids, they might start wetting the bed. They might start talking in a baby voice and being infantilized. They might start uh, struggling socially or academically. So kind of figuring out, teasing apart what that what that's about. So anyway, <laughs> that's our yeah, blurb on this topic that we decided would probably be helpful for a lot of families out there, you think? Yeah, I think so. First of all, just I think awareness of it. It's like everybody, everybody, you know, there's everything awareness. I mean, there's, you know, there's breast cancer awareness. There's, um, you know, awareness for any and every cancer concern. Or, yeah. And then, but like, you know, like there's, you know, there's autism awareness, but how about autism sibling awareness or or you know any kind of you know like like you mm -hmm. know like and again and that's not, and that's not just for the but i mean that's more for the family of of a child of a special needs son or daughter and you know like that hey by the way okay traumatic for your child obviously traumatic for you definitely traumatic for your for the brother and sister of that child yeah mm -hmm. consider it I know it's another burden or issue that you really don't feel like and if there's no signs of it Right. Mm -hmm. I don't smell any smoke. Mm -hmm. but so I really don't think there's anything to I and again, I ain't saying make the problem out of thin air. I'm just saying be aware that there could be one. Just have the conversations, right? Or start these behaviors and these these this awareness uh, early on before they, these kids become teenagers and start acting out, becoming depressed, self-harming, you know. I mean, yeah, you're you're you know, your 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 other child might be dealing with it way better than than most great but it's yeah, still something still to deal with right and it's still kind of good to have a conversation like i said having decision making asking kids directly how do you feel about having a sibling with special needs do i spend enough time with you what do you want to do more of when you want to do less what of? would you like what would be and again that doesn't necessarily mean i'm going to do it but you right. know no absolutely <laughs> no we're not I getting get a dog that nice yeah. try you know yeah. i want a therapy dog yeah, yeah absolutely uh-huh so be mindful being aware of it also having conversations and not just avoiding is very important to do. So bottom line, talk to your kids, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> just generally know. speaking, you know. Yeah. Be in their world, know a little bit about what their 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 world may be like, even if it's terrible music or video games that you may not like. Yeah, God. <laughs> or clothes. Yeah, well, and also just it just it, it sends a good message to them that well, you, it shows that you're you, interested. You show it, yeah. I am a little interested in in, in what you're into. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I care about all right. So as always, thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com. Email us if you have any questions, info at innerbalancepsychology.com. And remember to stop it and give yourself a chance. <laughs>